1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
0: And if you would like your name included alongside those wonderful figures from the world of tennis, you can do so, although you've got a matter of hours in order to do so. We'll have many, many other tennis podcast listeners included in our intros over the next few months because more than 30 people have signed up for intros in our Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, I think we've got about 12 to 16 hours or whatever it is left um, before the thing closes as we come to you from Melbourne right now. Um, So if you want to back the tennis podcast, we've already hit our target but it'll all go into the pot, pay for our beers, pay for our cheese, and help us to do more with the show. And we're hugely appreciative of everybody that has backed us so far, so thank you. Matt, we sit here on Sunday in Garden Square again, third day in a row. However, we are looking up at the sky at the moment. (laughs) I should say no smoke issues uh, in terms of air quality at the moment, but looking up into the sky, it is a really dark shade of grey, up ahead of us it's it's brighter behind but the air is heavy and all of the little emojis on the weather forecast have got little sort of lightning
1: lightning bolts yes yes we are here only in the name of potentially good radio with a with a downpour imminent and we, yeah. and we will have to scarper yeah most most people are
0: saying i tell you what let's record whatever we're doing inside because it might rain i sort of went the other way <laughs> yeah david said Hopefully, it It rained on. Hopefully, we get a thunderstorm. (laughs) That'll sound great. Uh, So, here we are. We've been into more press conferences today. There have only been a couple of additional ones because today it was Novak Djokovic and Ash Barty, and there were a few others that came in. Uh, I had a good chat, incidentally, which uh, we might try and get into tomorrow's show if we can. I had a good chat with Bob and Mike Bryan, who are retiring. After this year, this is their final Australian Open, 22nd Australian Open, they were explaining. And uh, some really positive quotes from Bob Bryan told me that he thinks Andy Murray's going to be fine. And he said he spoke to him last week and thinks it's a completely unrelated injury to the the hip problem. Um, So, yeah, maybe there's plenty of room for optimism we will play that hopefully for you in tomorrow's show and it was also nice to hear about from them about their feelings about retiring and why they're retiring so we're also going to talk matt today about the draws and we're going to reveal to each other for the first time live on the tennis podcast our predictions we're also waiting for katherine to get her predictions in hopefully before she gets on the flight uh, otherwise we're to kind of be big problem um but yeah we're gonna we're gonna reveal our picks to each other we do not know what each other have gone for
1: i tried to have a sneak peek of yours earlier and you shut me down did you
0: mm. you didn't did you sneak over my shoulder
1: yes Oh. And and I, th- I I think you sensed me and sort of moved your position, and I was I th- unable to. It's uh, outrageous to have a look. Yes, it was it was this show last year when I Oh, here comes here comes a bit of rain. Oh, um, it was this show last year where I made a poor prediction in uh, she who must not be named in my quarterfinals.
0: Victoria Kuzmova,
1: yes, it's who.
0: Hasn't quite, lived, quite up to lived up
1: to any hopes. sort of heights whatsoever, really. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm I'm potentially going a little bit more cautious this year. Oh,
0: how disappointing!
1: <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to see what I've come up with.
0: But first of all, let's just talk quickly about the other press conferences that we were in today. Novak Djokovic, how is he looking?
1: He was talking a lot, doing his doing his thing of giving very very long answers to every question. Uh, seemed seemed fairly relaxed I thought um, and the last question was the most interesting question it was about the subject we were talking about on Monday's podcast about whether the ATP Cup will have any kind of influence on his Australian Open in terms of the energy he, he had to put into the, to that tournament and he very openly admitted that yes this was a this was a more intense start to the season than he's ever had, and he has adjusted his training as a result. David is looking looking quite pleased with himself. The fact that uh, this was something that, that that you brought up on on Monday's show that it will affect him.
0: I don't think um, Novak was doing anything about this until he heard Monday's show. <laughs>
1: um, so the I, I i took from it that he had taken steps to make himself physically prepared by reducing the length of his practice and perhaps delaying it a little bit but we were discussing afterwards about whether he can actually prepare for what it would have taken out of him emotionally and mentally and I think we both agree that he probably won't know until until he gets on the court here
0: no no We don't really know how much is expended and how much is left in the tank, whether it is replenishable, if Mm. that is a word. I sensed... What I I was pleased about is how candid he was and open about how big a deal that ACB Cup triumph was. In his mind, his words were, that was one of the biggest achievements of my career. It's it's right up there, which, you know, it's a surprise when you put it alongside one another because it's a new event and it's... It's not even the Davis Cup. It's the ATP Cup, and we're all trying to work out what that means. But I said at the time, on Monday, to him, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. To him, it's a massive deal.
1: I think I kind of took his words to mean, as an individual experience, it was one of the most memorable ones he's had on a tennis court. Whether he looks back on it in five, ten years' time when his career is over as a really important achievement... I still have my doubts about that, but I have no doubt at all that from an experiential point of view it was really significant.
0: Plus, I wonder whether if he doesn't succeed at the Australian Open, whether that might end
1: up colouring his view of it all. And whether he would consider next year, you know, if he crashes out here early, and next year he's thinking about whether to play the ATP Cup or not, and he thinks, well, it actually... Negatively affected my preparation for the Australian Open, a tournament where I've always done so well. That that could be interesting as well.
0: Because I think it would be pretty hard for him to put in a seventy-five percent effort at the ATP Cup. Sure. With, yeah. With all that crowd that he would have with him and and all the rest of it, um, it's it's and that's always been, I think, a, a challenge for a player like Andy Murray uh, and maybe some to some degree, Rafael Nadal. But more Murray that. Once you get out there and the competitive juices start flowing, I think there are some players that can slightly detach themselves and think, you know what, this isn't as important as next mm. week. I'm not going to give everything right now. Whereas Murray used to get sucked in to, mm. to to the moment. And a lot of players, I think,
1: do that. And I think it would also be an interesting test for the ATP Cup as a competition because it doesn't want to become a one and done event which is what the Davis Cup's been criticised for a little bit in its old format with Federer and Nadal sorry Federer Murray and Djokovic all winning it once and then not committing quite so much to it maybe less so in Murray's case but certainly in Federer and Djokovic's case Nadal's obviously won it several times because just the strength of the Spanish team but the GP Cup isn't, you know, it's going to be. it be a real setback for it if if Djokovic said next year, actually, I've already won that. I need to think more about the Australian Open.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. But yeah, he he looked in good spirits. Um, looked in a, a good place. Um, but we'll we'll see, and we'll see what we'll see what our draw lineups and picks have. Unearthed in terms of what we think is going to happen to Novak Djokovic over the next fortnight. Uh, Ash Barty followed him in straight into the interview room. Quite funny, actually, that uh, Barty w- walked into the interview room and picked up Novak Djokovic's pass off at the chair. He just walked out without it. Oh him. really? I didn't so, notice that. don't know whether he got stopped and I tell you they, they are quite officious here so I wouldn't be surprised at all <laughs> if, if Ash Barty <laughs> saved Novak Djokovic's bacon somewhat <laughs> uh, with uh, finding his pass and uh, making sure it got back to where it belongs. Um, she just came across to me as though she doesn't really have a care in the world. She has such a good outlook on all of this and the overriding sense she gave was one of being excited about what's to come. She was she didn't back down from anything. She was asked about, you know, your your picture seems like it's everywhere. What does that feel like? And she goes, it is a bit, isn't it? Mm. I, I, you know, I, I do seem to be everywhere. It's a bit much, really. <laughs> but she wasn't. She was making fun of the of that, and really bringing it back to her team. She absolutely said that. I, I, I believe, and I I'm biased. I believe I've got the best team in the world around me. And she, and the gist of her outlook generally was, yeah, I really, really want to do well here, but it's not the end of the world. Mm.
1: It's it's the story of Ash Barty's career, really. And if you think that she had to. She had to step away from the sport for a period because she was really struggling to deal with the, the kind of mental and emotional toll. And she hadn't quite figured out how she wanted to to tread the you know the tennis journey in a way, whereas mm-hmm. now she's got her own way of dealing with it, and that is bringing it back to her team, talking about them as a, as a we rather than an I, and really embracing every opportunity and I think she was asked about how she goes about scheduling her Australian swing because obviously she wants to peak for the Australian Open and yet she said well yes I do but actually what I really enjoy is just being on court in Australia and getting the support so I that that's why I played Brisbane that's why I played Adelaide because I've done well there in the past well it was in Sydney wasn't it where she she did well before in the new event in Adelaide but there's something there's something more than just peaking for the Australian Open it's it's about this whole month long experience for her in Australia where she is the biggest deal i mean she's right her face is everywhere in melbourne i think walking in Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Maybe I'll count on my way in how many how many Ashbarty faces I pass on my de- half-an-hour walk.
0: I definitely want to give that some thought now and, and look around mm. and take notice of, of what it is like around here because I, I think that that might be quite revealing when you think about it in those terms. Um, so, yeah, I I just think she's going to have a a run here you'll, you'll find out how much of a run I think she's going to have in, in a moment or two should also say I was um, I went down into the BBC Radio commentary box briefly for the first time uh, at this tournament uh, today which is a court level commentary box behind the centre service line judge's knees and we, I'm literally looking at the backside of a, of a bloke looking down the other end of the court but also the other thing you're looking at is, is the players court level just a few feet away and, and there was Rafael Nadal practicing with how do I say this guy's name Jaume Munar Jaume Jaume oh, hmm. I've done him well with that then. I, uh, I believe
1: I believe he's Catalan right it's a
0: well he, he looks in great shape because <laughs> Munar and he was hitting the hell out of the ball uh, but he couldn't win a point <laughs> It didn't seem to matter what he did. And he was putting together beautifully constructed points and Nadal would have the final say in the rallies. A bit like every other match he plays. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like Nadal, yeah. It was quite something to watch. The other things that... I mean, and for a start, Munar was turning around after some of these rallies and he was just like... He looked absolutely lost as to what else am I supposed to do to win a point? (laughs)
1: Because... I'm putting together some good stuff here. <laughs> Have you been lulled into reading a lot into Nadal's practice session?
0: Well, you'll find out. <laughs> uh, I, I should also add, though, that there was one moment where Nadal didn't execute something correctly, and he went absolutely ballistic at himself, really admonished himself. That the, the levels that these people expect from, mm. from themselves is, is really
1: quite but something. That is interesting because he so rarely does that on court.
0: Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. And that, and that's why it felt so noticeable. Mm. He, it was almost like watching a dog down the other end who who's just sneezing in the way he was sort of it was just audible sounds of frustration coming out of him, just really having a go at himself. And I wonder what, yeah, I wonder whether he sort of without because that was not a public practice right. session i wasn 't i mean it 's not like i was i wasn 't doing anything wrong, but I was in a commentary box that they don 't let the they let the media in only for fifteen minutes to watch these practice sessions, otherwise the place was deserted and I just happened to be there and able to see this um, and yeah it was it was it was interesting to to watch nadal 's Perfectionism mm. at play right in front of you in a practice session mm. after all these years and I mean he was absolutely he looked like he jumped in a swimming pool he was wearing the sleeveless shirt he was doing that thing that he Djokovic and Federer all do in practice wearing the cap back to front yes I don't understand why they don't do that in a match but they always do it in a practice session
1: wonder- casual I wonder whether it's you know,
0: dressing down practice sessions is it or or is it a branding thing that they have to wear a certain thing when they're on court, like the headbands? I don't know. So anyway, that was <laughs> Nadal. Uh, you'll find out what I think then uh, in a moment or two. But let's find out. Given that um, I'm the champion, no. Oh. In the predictions,
1: someone sent me an email today who's entered our predictions competition, one of our Kickstarter backers with their picks, and they said, "Do you know, even if I don't win, I just hope someone beats." beats David he's getting unbearably smug (laughs) which you said mission accomplished (laughs) yes I've got a whole year of
0: this brilliant Uh, and you can still enter the prediction I mean you've got to fork out a bit in order to do so in our kickstarter Um, crowdfunding campaign there's about 10 hours to go Uh, we've got about 30 odd teams uh, who are going to be vying for my title and my two trophies Um, so let's hear what Matt Roberts thinks uh, of what's going to happen we, we basically pick the quarter finalists, don't we? That's what quarter we do. Quarter finalists
1: onwards, yeah. Right, okay. So, oh, are we starting with the men or the women? Start with the women. Okay.
0: Who have you got in your quarter finals? Uh,
1: so, top quarter, I have Ashbarty against Madison Keys. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the the higher seed than Keys in there is Petra Kavitova. But I've gone, I've, I've gone with Keys because. She seems really reliable at the slams to make the second week. I think she's made seven of the last nine. She needs to go one step further and make the quarters to satisfy my prediction. When
0: you, when you do predictions, how big a, an emphasis do you put on recent results like the
1: week before? Pretty big. Um, and obviously Keyes beat Kvitova in Brisbane. So that, that did come into my thinking as well, thinking that they could meet in the fourth round. Um something that always bothers me when I make predictions is when someone I think is <laughs> going to do well has a tough first round. And I think can can they get past that and I that, that always makes me nervous about p- picking them. And Keys has Daria Kasatkina in the first round. Now a year ago I would have thought that would have would be a really tough first round, but Kasatkina under the radar has Really fallen, um, yeah. she actually posted on Instagram, I think it was towards the end of last year, saying you know she was post she posted with some sort of coconut or something on the beak saying here 's you know here 's to a crappy two thousand and nineteen being over, and let 's bring on two thousand and twenty and it was almost exactly the same energy and vibe that Andy Marriott posted at the end of 2018 going into 2019. When he um, said, what a shit year was. What a that shit was. year, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, she is so short sure of confidence at the moment, Casacchina, that I think Keys, Keys can get past her. Quite interesting one, though,
0: is it, isn't it? Because you could either say Casacchina's variety and touch might cause... Uh, keys all sorts of problems and get her out of her comfort zone or you might say keys is just going to blow her away Mm,
1: yeah i think it could go one or two ways Uh, in terms of barty's draw um there's a there's a big um alarm bell potentially in the fourth round with Alison risk who beat beat barty at wimbledon last last year when barty was probably on the best run of form she's ever been in having just won the french open and birmingham and she seems really unf- unfazed by those sort of matches and those occasions, Alison Risk. And then before that, the titleist in Hobart, uh, Reba-kina? Rebakina? Not quite sure how you pronounce it, but she's been a massive riser over the last 12 months. She's seeded, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure I've ever seen her play other than a little bit of highlights in Hobart the I other last week. I saw her
0: towards the end of last year. I remember commentating on a match of hers. I can't fully remember her because uh, I know I slightly got confused between her and uh in terms of how they played and I actually think it was quite similar. Okay. I think, you know, you're Big talking hitter. about a really good ball striker I think.
1: Yeah. Um, well she's reached the final in Shenzhen and won Hobart already this year wow. so that's a and I, I think back to someone who had similar form coming into last year's Australian Open was Kenin. Who okay, then yeah. went on to have a really good year. So, so where's Rubikina
0: in this draw? Who's she, she threatening?
1: She could meet Barty in the third round. All oh, right. Mm. And okay. then Alison Risk in the fourth round for Barty. Okay. But I, I'm backing Barty to get to get through those tests. I'm a bit worried now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what uh, have you got in that top quarter? I've got the same. The I've, same.
0: I've got Barty and Keys. Okay. Also, yeah. yeah.
1: Why not Kvitova?
0: I mean, I am slightly a. F- a a victim of recency hmm. and uh, there's no recent form from Kvitova that completely convinces me and I'm Same. not that sure about her fitness
1: yeah uh, she pulled out of Adelaide
0: so I'm, I've just decided to go for keys on the
1: balance of it all okay what you got next next quarter is, is the loaded quarter of the women's draw and I've, I've gone with the two highest seeds in the section Asaka and Serena
0: Same.
1: This is a bit boring so far. (laughs) This
0: is rubbish, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Um, I was looking at Osaka's draw and I decided it's a good draw because she's nowhere near Bengtich. Bengtich being the player who beat her three times last year. I'd forgotten that. Um, And yeah, I I think Osaka's got a good draw. I I think she'll get there. And I think Serena, actually. uh, The first few rounds are fairly straightforward and then... Then it's potentially Yostremska or Konta, but I'm not sure about her. Um, and the big one is whether Caroline Wozniacki can can get to the f- fourth round meeting with Serena, which I think Wozniacki would really like to get to. We know how we know how friendly she is with Serena. Yeah, it'd be a good moment. Wouldn't would it would be a really good moment there.
0: Um, yeah, uh, but you don't think so? <laughs> no, I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, right then, well, what you got in the, your next quarter? That's two quarters done.
1: Oh, this one. I've I've been agonizing over this all day. I even At one
0: point you asked
1: Twitter I did, to yeah. tell you what to do,
0: which I'm not even sure is fair. Well,
1: it wasn't very really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it turns out people were also stuck on this uh this section of the drawer. Um thank you for all your responses on Twitter, but there was there was too much division. It didn't. There was. I was hoping someone. You know, there would be a consensus.
0: But thanks for nothing. Yeah.
1: Um, so I've gone with Sabalenka right. against Halep.
0: Okay. Uh, oh, we've got a division then because I've gone for Benčić against Collins, Belinda Benchich against Daniel Collins.
1: Yeah. I, I can see a world in which Collins plays Halep in the third round and blows her off the court.
0: That's the world that I have inhabited.
1: Yeah. Um, The more I watch Danielle Collins, the more I like her. I I really appreciate that she's completely happy to let out primal screams in her opponent's faces, in a way, and not give them a particularly warm handshake. And uh, she's quite happy
0: for the crowd to think she's an absolute so-and-so. Yeah. And she doesn't give a toss. Yeah,
1: and I... Increasingly like that because it, it, if you didn't
0: see the match she played against Barty, absolutely cracking match the other day, there was a moment where she let out one of those screams that, that Matt references—a guttural one that made her voice break and the, you know made the crowd laugh. But she just didn't care. She was just she'd won the point. She was off back to a chair, handshake, awkward at the net where she barely even looked at Barty, and Barty kind of giggled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she obviously looked in the direction of her support team as if to say, "Can you believe this? Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe her?
1: <laughs> She's nuts." <laughs> um,
0: okay, yeah. so you've got. So,
1: what, what are your two again? I got I got Sabalenka, who right. I think's coming into a little bit of form. Yeah, and yeah, Halep.
0: I, I, I kind of I'm denied about Sabalenka because I've I've long argued for what she may well do. She is one of three players who've lost. Their dads over the last mm. few months. Amanda Anisimova, Irina Sabalenka and and Yelena Ostapenko, all in a very short space of time. But it's it's um it's been such a tough time for them. And um, I suppose I mean, and Sabalenka's made it very clear and audible about the fact that she's kind of playing for her her dad, and she wants to she wants to win even more now. Which I can completely understand that sentiment. I, but I just wonder how. How you can carry on and be as focused as you might want to be in in that sort of situation—it must be very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would recommend Christopher Clary's piece. Uh, he went to Florida to see Amanda Anissimova. Yeah, and it's a very sensitively told piece because you know she is so young, Anisamova and, yeah. and
0: it's, was she eighteen.
1: Yeah, so you know it's in- incredibly difficult for for anyone losing losing a parent, but especially so young like that and someone who'd been so involved in, in her tennis as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I strongly recommend that everyone reads that piece.
0: Okay. Uh, your fourth quarterfinal is?
1: Again, not one I'm particularly convinced by. I think so many of the, of the real sort of con- true contenders I would have put on my short list landed in the top half, which is why I felt more confident about that. So I've got Kiki Burton's against Marketa von Vondrusheva?
0: Von who's back? Von who who you absolutely dissed? Our, no, I, d- um,
1: I did. No, no, that that is not what I did <laughs> at all. I I dissed the the. What was,
0: what was she? Which category did she, she, was she come in? Did that in?
1: really happen? Yeah, reaching the French Open final. Not because she's not a great player, which she absolutely is. It was the fact that. She was missing then for the rest of the season, and it wasn't talked about.
0: Matt, she's starting against Svetlana Koznetsova. I know, it's tough.
1: She hasn't played in months. She she played the, um... She, she played one warm-up tournament to the Australian Open, and she won 75% of her set, 6-love, Von
0: Angelique Kerber is a potential third-round opponent.
1: She She's not in much form, um... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Vondrusheva. It was in Adelaide where she played, and, and, yeah, she won four sets, and she won three of them, six love.
0: Vondrusheva against Kiki Burton, as
1: you say. Yeah.
0: Vondrusheva, she'd have to beat Karolina Pliskova in the fourth round,
1: potentially. I know, but... What, what are you doing? But in terms of recent Grand Slam pedigree, Vondrusheva has it. This is ridiculous. Why? Why is it For ridiculous? For all the reasons I've just said...
0: And she reached the
1: French Open final. She's
0: playing a two-time Grand Slam champion in the first round. She's playing a, a, a former champion here in the third round, and she's playing the in-form player in the fourth round just to get to the quarter Well,
1: that's all she needs to do, get to the
0: quarter-final. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you had it here first, so folks. You obviously haven't got one. No, finish,
0: I, I have to say I'm much more impressed with your picks than mine in this particular section because I, I was so disappointed in myself to find that I'd gone for Alina Svitolina against Karolina Pliskova. Oh, David. So boring. But when you're the champion, you've just
1: got to, you know, you can't mess about. Do you, do you genuinely think that is happening? What? Svitolina Pliskova.
0: Yeah. Why not? I mean, they're the highest seeds. They're they're the... the People who've got the pedigree.
1: I mean, you were talking I mean, about lack of Ker- forms. Fialina Ker- got completely blown up, blown yeah. off the court. I mean, in Kerber's,
0: Kerber's obviously got the pedigree, but I, I wonder how fit she is just at the moment. Um. So, yeah, look, I look. I did on an about that for a long time. There were there were a number of other players. I I was I was tempted by Kerber to come through uh, in that section uh, and and end up beating and Pliskova. I am concerned for her against Mladenovic in the first, first round. round although I very much enjoyed Pliskova's quotes that uh, yeah she's a really dangerous player but even if she plays her best I still think I'll beat her <laughs> <laughs> which I really enjoy Pliskova
1: is great for uh, me. and for I, also,
0: I also did hover over Amanda Inisimova uh, in the Svitolina section but in the end I've gone Svitolina and Pliskova not, S-
1: not Kiki Burton's.
0: no and I also I did look up a few head-to-heads here it's one of those sort of things where I'm in I'm looking up the head-to-head for two players that might reach the fourth mm. round
1: it <laughs> is remember. a difficult section it might be
0: completely irrelevant
1: I just think Kiki Burton's is due a Grand Slam run she, she really did underperform in the slams last year I don't, I don't think she made it beyond the third round mm. any of them when you consider that She's the ninth seed here. She kept her ranking up by doing well at other events, and I, I quite like her draw. I don't, you know, she's got Begu in the first round, then either Bondarenka or Rodionova, potentially Anisimova in the third round. That would be that would be a really good match to see. Uh... But yeah, I I just think she's she's due a bit of a run, Kiki Burtons. But I don't, I don't haven't put her in with much confidence. It's
0: getting really dark around (laughs) here, I tell you. This storm, it's (laughs) coming, (laughs) it's coming. Right, we better crack on here. Right, okay, who you got in these semi-finals in the women's draw?
1: Uh, Top half, Barty, Serena. Same.
0: So you've got Barty beating Keys and Serena beating Osaka, which is an interesting one. Did you did you open about that at all or not?
1: I did. Uh, but they're meeting in was it Toronto they played last season when Serena played really really well against Osaka and well to be honest I've got I've, spoiler I've got Serena winning the tournament so I had to have a beating osaka ok
0: and uh, then you've got in your other semi
1: um, so I'm being attacked by a fly um
0: it's all happening here on the tennis <laughs> front. Look, you can listen to it later.
1: <laughs> Stop trying to gatecrash the podcast. Um, Hallett Burton's, which I don't feel particularly good about, Why? but it's Why? it's there.
0: So h- who's Hallett beating again?
1: Uh, Hallett beating Sabalenka,
0: and then Burton's is beating
1: Andrusheva. Of course, she is. <laughs>
0: um, so Hallett Burton's, and I've got Collins. Uh, beating Bencic and so Collins up against Pliskova in my semis. Okay, and I've I've got a final of Serena Williams beating Barty and taking on Pliskova, who's beating
1: Collins, champion Serena. Serena, twenty four. Yeah, it feels. I just think it's time. I just think we've been talking about this for so long.
0: Who's Serena playing in the final?
1: Uh, Halep for me.
0: This fly. T-
1: I'm sorry, yeah. This, this has been really bad last two minutes. This
0: attacking Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's related to Catherine's bee. <laughs> anyway.
1: At least it hasn't got a sting. So who, who's Serena playing again? Sorry, so Serena-Halep final. Right, OK. And Serena to win and okay. get 24.
0: Right, OK, Matt and me both think it's Serena 24 time, folks. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The blokes. Let's do the blokes. Uh, so, your quarterfinals at the top part of the uh, draw
1: are uh Rafa Nadal against Dominic Thiem same I originally wrote Kyrgios and I've crossed it out
0: ooh Kyrgios to beat down in round four is what you were saying that was a potential
1: yeah pick um, but I thought more about it and I, I as much as Kyrgios will be completely up for that match I think Nadal will be as well and there's been a slightly worrying trend with Kyrgios in recent big matches where he's even against Nadal at Wimbledon he, he was brilliant for two sets and then went away a bit in the in the third and fourth sets he went back to playing not his Norman crazy tennis. chaotic tennis yeah. and that that is not going to help him against if, Nadal. If he
0: plays percentage normal tennis, he's a good tennis player. If he plays off-pace shots and drop shots and through the legs and, and all sorts of silliness, he's an absolute genius.
1: Or, who, who, or he can be terrible. He, well, yes, in he those can. big matches, that's when he is at his best. That's when, when he's, he's free. Doing and doing that, Playing that chaotic tennis. Um, but I think sustaining that over five sets against Nadal, who has a really... Good draw up to that fourth round and can, I think, play himself into pretty good form. I decided to go with Nadal. Yeah, same.
0: Uh, Second section of the quarterfinals
1: Medvedev Rublev. Same. Um,
0: Rublev, who has now won two titles in his first two tournaments of the year. I I did hesitate about his physical ability
1: to, to cope same but then I thought he's not starting till Tuesday you get days off at slams he's young and again his 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 draw certainly to the third round where he might meet David Goffant is pretty good so if he can get through could you
0: imagine him and Goffin.
1: Oh, that would be like ball striking heaven. Pinball. Yeah, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I, w- I want to see that. Um,
0: and and it, and the the big higher seed that would come unstuck here is Alexander Zverev in the fourth round. If uh, assuming yeah. that Zverev got that far, and it's just a, a measure of how little faith I think we have in Zverev at the moment, although he has taken care of Rublev when they've played previously.
1: But Rublev's a better player now, I think than. Than when yeah. they played, I think I think they may have played in Shanghai last year, and elsewhere. Yeah. I've got him, but Rublev is just, just in such a hot streak of form that it, it would seem ridiculous to to ignore that. Yeah. Um,
0: and Medvedev, well, he's got Francis T F O first round, which soft- is a
1: terrible draw for T F O, who yes. last last year's quarter finalist here. I mean, I've is not- it a
0: terrible draw for Medvedev?
1: No. I don't think it is. It's 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 tougher than than you might like in the first round, but interesting that we can win that. We've for both sure.
0: got Medvedev beating either Vavrinka or Isner, who are in a likely fourth round opponents.
1: Yeah, well, Medvedev absolutely tore Isner to pieces at the HP Cup. I think he, I mean, just he handled his serve so sort of alarmingly easily, mm. um, and he beat that match that Wawrinka played against Medvedev at the US Open my mind went back to that when I was looking at this draw and Medvedev didn't seem to be in any any kind of physical shape in that match at all and yet he was able to bamboozle Wawrinka completely tactically and I think I think that 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 is one where I think kind of match-up wise that favours Medvedev
0: okay third quarter what you got
1: I have got this was another one I crowdsourced on, on Twitter for for who, who could face Federer I've got not, Federer I'm not happy about this and in the end I've gone Berrettini more okay. because of the lack of anyone else
0: he's 8th seed
1: yeah, um, yeah a- I'm not convinced by him because he again he pulled out of the HP Cup with an abdominal injury it's it's a very, very different place he finds himself in this season having to with a bit of a target on his back and having to back up what he did last year
0: in the second round he could play either tennis sangren or marco Trungalitti remember him
1: yeah two um two players there who have very different um, perceptions in in you know in the media in terms yeah. of the way they've been talked about for good reason i think
0: yeah tennis sangren not very popular with the uh, with many in the media I think because of his uh, his Twitter activity uh, of a couple of years ago and uh, Marco Trungoletti you may remember was the chap who went off
1: to where did he go off and he came back with his grandma in the car it was so he was he went he was in Barcelona and he was trying to play the French Open <laughs>
0: <laughs> he got a late lucky loser yeah. opportunity, didn't he? So he, he, he drove up Barcelona <laughs> to <laughs>
1: Paris, piled his whole
0: family <laughs> into the into his mini, and off he went.
1: And, and of course, he's been he's been um, praised for his his work in speaking out against match fixing, and, yeah. and you know, actually not um, well blowing the whistle really yeah. on 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 players who done it. And getting a lot of stick from from fellow players. From
0: fellow players for doing it. And yet thank goodness he he had the wherewithal and you know, he Courage. was prepared to do it. Yeah. Um so yeah anyway, that's Berrettini's little section. You think Berettini against Federer.
1: I uh, I thought about a Pelka potentially, I thought about Fanini, I thought about Shorich, I thought about Pella. But in the end I just just went with Beratini. Did
0: you at any point question whether Federer would get through to the quarters? Because he's got Dimitrov as a potential yeah. fourth round. He's got Shapovalov as a potential Shapovalov. fourth round,
1: and he's got Yannick
0: Sinner as a potential fourth round.
1: Yeah, and he's got Harkxs as potential third round.
0: Right. So did you? So yeah. all, all the younger blokes.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. All the all the um, top, <laughs> you know, the big three all seem to have someone in a younger player is kind of attached to them in their section. Mm. Um, with Nadal, it's Kyrgios. With Federer, it's it's Shapovalov um, and her catch. I did, because I, I think Shapovalov was really impressive at the ATP Cup, playing grown-up tennis. I um. should say, he's the one player, in, and
0: within minutes of us recording yesterday's show, quotes came out from Shapovalov, as really the only player since the new measures and uh guidelines for how they're going to judge air quality here came in he was the one who came out and said that i'm really concerned about all this and i don't want to be i think he even said risking my life risking my health in order to play tennis in conditions where we don't know what sort of effect this is going to have on us
1: yeah he said he would (coughs) he would very he would very definitely consider pulling out if if there were similar conditions and he was being forced to play um Mm. There were certainly you know some people might have thought that yesterday we perhaps accepted what Federer and Nadal and Craig Tiley had said at face value in terms of every, in terms of the preparation, in terms of the uh, new parameters that they have, and the idea being that they clearly did get it wrong on on Tuesday. So how much faith can we have in them to get it right? Now is, is, I think, certainly is a legitimate question to ask. Mm. Um,
0: Something Joy Cats on uh, Twitter has uh, has said uh, to us, and uh, you yeah, know, well, we take take your view on board. Certainly, I, yeah, I mean, look, I'm quite happy to criticise the way things were happened handled on Tuesday and Wednesday, and before that, actually, as well. They they were caught on the hop with this, and they they thought it was okay to, to do their, their work on this behind the scenes and fr- frankly not let anybody know why they were taking the decisions they were taking and it's not good enough mm. and they got, they got told that in no uncertain terms by players, by media and, and we certainly have that view as well um, it is difficult I, for me at least to I'm not an expert in the field and for me to come and tell Tennis Australia that, that right now the measurements that they've put in place, which are very clear in terms of, of the cut-off. It, for me to say that that's not right, I, I, I'm just not qualified enough to do that.
1: Yeah, same. And we heard well, again, I'm, 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 I'm stressing what Nadal and Federer did say yesterday, but in terms of a, a threshold, Tennis Australia has, has gone lower than, than they have at the Olympics. Yeah. So that would suggest that they are kind of erring on the side of caution with it which is mm. I think probably the, the sensible approach to take
0: I've gone a Pelka you have to face Roger Federer giant. I have to say I found it really soft mm. that section as well I don't have enormous a Berrettini I have, I've decided not to go with because I think that back to max slams when you've come on the scene in the way he has is, is a stretch uh, and Fabio Fennini I don't have enough faith in so uh, it could really be a, a surprise person uh, a Pelka with that serve I think could squeak through some close matches um, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see so I've got a Pelka against Federer in the quarterfinals uh, which leaves the fourth quarter in that section Matt with you choosing who?
1: This was I think of all the quarters in both draws the one I feel most confident about Sitsipas Djokovic the one the one stumbling block is Bautista Agu in Pass's section that would oh, yeah. be a potential fourth round
0: oh um, Bautista are good against Feliciano Lopez first round oh yeah that's quite interesting they're, mm. they're best buds aren't they
1: yeah um, but Pass beat Bautista Agu here last year in the quarterfinals after he beaten Federer which Arguably, was just even more impressive. The it way he backed that up,
0: enormously impressive. Um, it?
1: And I, if he managed to do it last year, I think I think he can do it this year again. So I've got Sitsipas and Djokovic.
0: The, the air quality, I think, will be. Interesting. I mean, look, it's a shame we're talking about it, but it is a factor. If it does become a factor of real nodes, just who it affects and why. And I think that those two, Sitsipas and Djokovic, could be players that get affected. I just have this feeling, and we've seen it with Djokovic in the past, that he has had difficulty in certain circumstances, and uh, um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, I mean, I've gone for the same, Sitsipas and Djokovic, which... Leaves us with the semi-finals as
1: what? Team to beat Nadal in the quarters and make oh. the semis. Oh, dear. That's that's
0: big, Matt.
1: I know. You're backing Rafael Nadal to lose. Oh, I'm backing team to win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who, who's team playing?
1: Um, Medvedev to beat Rublev. Um... I must say, the reason I've gone team, there's a big stumbling block for team to even get to the quarters with Kevin Anderson, who looked really good at the HP Cup. But I remember their match at the US Open in 2018 and team beat Anderson. And that was pretty much at the time team's best win on a hard court. Mm. And it felt like something changed and something had changed because he then played Rafa Nadal and played really well against him. And I think he's closer to beating Nadal over five sets on a hard court than he is beating him on a clay court.
0: That's interesting. Um,
1: and so yeah I've just I've just got a good feeling about team this whole year so I thought why not start by putting him in to beat Nadal in the in the quarters and make the semis. You have obviously got Nadal. I've gone Team. Have you? As well. Yes. You were giving me all that gip. I thought um <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know. you made me make my case. Oh, thunder! Oh dear, sounds a bit
0: ominous, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I've got, I've got the same You've lineup. Got I've got Team against Medvedev
1: in the semis. Your reasoning for Team? Yeah, I, similar. I, I'd not. Th- oh dear, <laughs> not
0: really. I'd I'm not sure really, about I'd this. I'm not David. really. <laughs> is it dangerous having electronic? equipment out underneath a thunderstorm <laughs> anyway let's crack on we've got about another four minutes to go in the podcast um, the yeah I, I feel that he what he needs to do is hit his straps with those ground strokes and have faith in them you know he needs to be able to go for it and know they're going in in the, in the first match of the year there was no confidence in him to do that when he's at his best that comes but it's it's repetition with him
1: and I think I've I've seen him play so well against Nadal so many times a lot a lot of it best of best of three on clay obviously that one I mentioned at the US Open best of five even last year's French Open final for two sets team was hitting out with that confidence that you were talking about and match-up wise Nadal doesn't seem like such a bad one for team
0: no, I, I'm going for that. I also think Nadal. The, the, there is some residue from his exertions over the last uh, few months, and yeah, I, I think the way you've put it, we always think of Team as a, a better clay court player than a hard court player, but Nadal is an even better yeah. clay court player than he is a
1: hard. Court Nadal player. on clay is in a completely different category, even to someone as great as Team. Yeah.
0: Okay. So your other semi final is.
1: Federer Djokovic.
0: Okay, so you've
1: got... Uh, I've got Federer to beat Perrottini. to beat
0: Apelka, <laughs> uh, which I've gone for.
1: And then I've got Djokovic to beat Tsitsipas. What have you got, David?
0: I've got Federer-Tsitsipas. Um, so I've chosen Stefano Tsitsipas to beat Novak Djokovic, which... <sighs> I mean, I, that sounds ridiculous. But it's just, I feel, I feel this could be the tournament where the breakthroughs happen. I think on the men's side, I think this is the one, because I think that they are not that far away, even though they haven't been getting there. I think Sitsipas at the Australian Open showed what he can do last year. Uh, He's backed it up since. Same with Team. same with Medvedev. And... I I think this ATP Cup could end up being a factor. Particularly
1: Uh, for Djokovic. For Djokovic. Mm.
0: I I just think sustaining your best, because he was imperious at the ATP Cup. He was Australian Open level at the ATP Cup. And he's... And uh, I think it's found found it so interesting how candid he was about that in the press conference today. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, look, it could go the other way because the other way is he's absolutely played himself into form. He's just going to destroy everybody, and that's perfectly possible.
1: Yeah, I'd, um, I edge slightly more towards that. I don't think he'll destroy everyone, but I think he will carry on the form he was showing at the ATP Cup. Um, so yeah, I, I've got I've got him against Federer. I think I think I think could be an absolute epic against Sizapess. But for, for me, for Tsitsipas to beat Djokovic, again, it's, the five sets is such an important factor in this. We've seen them, we have seen them do it at Masters level. But the brand of tennis Tsitsipas play, he's, he's pretty much going to have to peak for at least three of those sets playing aggressive tennis. But
0: he's such an animal of an athlete as well, isn't he? He, he, he absolutely is, but so is Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting. Okay, so what's your final?
1: So my final is team. Team to beat Medvedev against Djokovic. Djokovic to beat Federer. Purely just the fact that he always beats Federer Federer over five sets. Yeah, yeah, going with that.
0: I've got Medvedev against Tsitsipas. I've got Tsitsipas to go Djokovic and Federer back-to-back wins. Gosh, and I did is that. Oh, listen to that. That's what the. That's what Mother Nature thinks of that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know that. Um, this is getting a bit worrying out here. I know that. That I mean, that's that's superhuman he, feat. He, he he beat him here last year, and I really did hover over Federer beating him this time, because I think that that is perfectly possible that. Sitsipas beats one of them and then Federer just takes over and mops up the scraps. Mm. I think that is perfectly possible. But Sitsipas has just got... He's such a ravenous athlete. He wants it so much that I think he isn't like everybody else. Mm. He isn't just going to win a match and just think, job done. No, that's one of the steps. Now I'm going to take the other step. And when you saw him beat him at the 0-2... There aren't many athletes that go head-to-head with Federer and make Federer look like that. Sitsapas just looks like version 2.0 physically.
1: I agree. I just think that that matchup from what we've seen so far, Federer-Sitsapas, is all about whether Federer can execute on the big points. Because last year here at Australian Open, he created, I think, 10 break points, didn't take any of them. And at the O2, I think it was sixteen and took one. Mm. He 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 is able to read Sitsa serve, Fedor, and get into his service service games, but there's something blocking him from really executing on those big points. Now he did it when they played in Dubai and when they played in, in Basel. And when can, it doesn't matter. When it doesn't matter quite so much, and he, I mean, That's, to I be mean, honest, it's
0: harsh, but, but it's we're talking
1: levels here, sure and in both those matches he took Tsitsipas to the cleaners really I mean he, he was just he, he looked just like he's got more even more options in his game than someone like pass it was kind of the best of Federer so I mean I don't think that match that's going to happen because I've got because <laughs> I've got Djokovic yeah, because I've got Djokovic but, but, you're, um, but you're wrong because <laughs> it will happen
0: uh, okay so what's your, who's you winning your title then?
1: Djokovic beating team in the final that would be a cracking final to watch. I would like to see that. Your but. final is also cracking.
0: Yeah, Medvedev's beating Tsitsipas.
1: With their history as well. Yeah. Oh, Medvedev beating Tsitsipas. Yeah. Hang on, Medvedev? Yeah. Why, why does that surprise you? I'm, I'm just confused by your position on Medvedev. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether you really rate him or think that it was all a hot streak.
0: <laughs> I really rate him but I think it could go either way with him. I think he... And and actually, the press conference he gave yesterday just definitely gave me confidence in him as an athlete that is going to not just leave it where it is. Um, But I'm sort of waiting as well to find out what other players do with him because usually you find that these very top players will figure out a little mm. weakness. I, I note I was looking up his head to head against Federer and, and he's he's lost two very one sided matches against Federer. And I wonder what his you know I'd like I'd quite like to see that match up now, now that Medvedev is who he is. Yeah. You know? Um, in the future. But maybe we will. So uh, we've both got Serena Williams winning the title. I've got Medvedev winning the men's title. Matt has got Djokovic beating team
1: in the final, you our cue David. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs>
0: it is, folks. We're going to have to get out of here. Uh, Catherine Whitaker is about to board a plane, folks. She is on her way to Melbourne. Um, so whether she'll be here with us in time to record tomorrow night, we don't really know because she doesn't land until about midnight, which is probably when the play is about to start. Um, we are expecting thunderstorms tomorrow. This is the first of them, it would appear. And uh, what's the order of play, quickly?
1: Uh, Rod Lev Arena, Asaka Buzkova, Potapova, Serena, Steve Johnson, Federer, and then Night Session, Ashbarty, Serenko, Struff, Djokovic. Struff,
0: Djokovic, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yes, and um, the data analyst, Craig O'Shannessy, who worked with Djokovic for a while, is now working with Jan Leonard Struff.
0: Oh, right. Is um, he not working with Djokovic anymore? No. He's, oh.
1: he's he's working with Struff and Berrettini. I read earlier today. Oh, so uh, good test of his credentials whether he can devise a game plan to beat Djokovic. Wonder what happened. I doubt it. Okay, um, very interesting. And then Margaret Court Arena: Denis Shapovalov, Martin Fuchsivics, Katerina Siniakova, Petra Kvitova, and then the the big headline match of of the day: Venus Williams, Coco Goff. Which,
0: which, incidentally, you may remember I was saying a couple of days ago I didn't think Venus Williams was going to play. She tweeted today, Venus Williams, it's, it's, it's how, you, how you finish and how you start, and I'm ready to start. So she's playing? So it appears she's playing. So I got it wrong, uh, which is great. I'm delighted, and, uh, and let's hope that match does happen.
1: And I think a lot of people thought that would probably be a night <coughs> session match. It's day session, which make, makes it better for west coast in America certainly but east coast it's still going to be pretty late there and then night session is Sitsa pass and uh, Caruso and Stone Stevens Zhang Shui which is probably okay. upset alert there
0: Radio. well there's loads happening and there's British players, Dan Evans, there's uh, I think Joe Conta, Kyle Edmund all playing tomorrow. We'll have live coverage on BBC Radio 5 Live if you're in the UK. Commentary on Sports Extra, I'll be on that. Uh, Matt and I will be getting together for a podcast straight after play tomorrow and every day here at the Australian Open because Australian Open dailies are here and they are here to stay. Catherine Whitaker is on her way, she'll be joining us as well. Uh, we can't thank you enough for your support of our Kickstarter which is Enabled Matt to fly here and have accommodation for a couple of weeks. Same with Catherine. Um, three of our backers uh, require a shout out, and that's Mark Rudayev, uh, Paul Bullock, and Peter Noon, uh, who have all backed us at the shout out level on our Kickstarter, which you can still get for the next 10 hours or so as we come to you right now uh, from Melbourne. But our Kickstarter for 2020 is closing, so if you want to support the show, uh, time to get in there and do so if you've left it to the last minute because you're as organized as me well it's about time to get, get your act together um but uh, so thank you all for, for your support um sign up to our newsletter all of the details of what i'm talking about the link to kickstarter the link to the newsletter are all in the show notes if you scroll down on your phone right now you'll be able to um click and and, and follow those uh so you can sign up to the newsletter you can also sign up to our community on reddit who've been very very useful um tennis podcast listeners getting together and having chats about the show and about sport and revealing all they know about Radu Albot and his redy's history.
1: Yes, my question's been answered. Yeah. He's, he he did a series of AMAs, Ask Me Any Things. Which I've said I'll do on there one day. And it just generally interacted with fans. I just need
0: to learn how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Carry
1: on. Catherine's on. Catherine, yeah, she's on. Catherine has a a username. I'm very much a lurker on Reddit at the moment. Um, but, yeah, he did a series of Ask Me Anythings, interacted with fans, and gave gave some tickets away, actually, I think, in Miami. And so they they support him in the same way that he's kind of supported them. Reddit's radu OK. OK.
0: Uh, so that's that and we're going to be back tomorrow with another edition of the tennis podcast thanks for listening to us make sure you tell everybody you know family, friends doctors nurses people in the street people that serve you at dinner just tell them about the tennis podcast and uh, that they should listen to us and we'll be back tomorrow with more of this nonsense bye bye